This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. First up this hour, the drama around a former Perdana fellow and his fake credentials brings up questions of how to root out a liar in the workplace. So last Wednesday, the Youth and Sports Ministry announced that a Perdana fellow accepted for placement at the Ministry of Investment, Trade and Industry, MITI, had been removed from the program after his credentials could not be verified. The announcement came after Mohammed. Azhar Ali uh, listed his achievements on his profile that was shared by the Miti minister on his Instagram in order to congratulate mm. him. Now, KBS did not name Azhar, but acknowledged that the issue had gone viral and f- further checked to see whether the program organizers had revealed that one of their credentials on his application were not in, wasn't in fact genuine. So this person, Azhar, um, in fact, went viral back in 2020 after claiming that he was awarded a NASA scholarship and was a part of NASA's quote-unquote citizen scientist program, which is uh, an official volunteer who helped to make thousands of important scientific discoveries. Uh, This then had a lot of people questioning his claims. This was debunked. um, And then he claimed at that time that he was scammed and that that offer was fake. So now this, of course, has renewed these conversations around uh, this person who seems to have a track record of um, highlighting achievements that aren't true. And I think uh, the additional layer to all of this, of course, was when a WhatsApp conversation between him and a Miti official also went viral, allegedly by him, allegedly one that he posted. But at this point, it's not quite clear, um, claiming that his fellowship was going to be retained. um, And then that Miti official has since said she's going to file a police report about uh, this particular incident. Yeah, what is interesting is, of course, netizens all ready to jump on every in in infringement infraction every you know a detour from you know the straight and narrow kind of pointed out several things right one is uh, i think uh, that um, that the the exchange seemed to suggest that they were going to conceal something from the public that yes whatever happened in public in terms of pronouncements was now going to be put aside and they would secretly allow him to continue work and so the deep suspicion of government i think kind of uh, was demonstrated there. But I think actually what's interesting, uh, in fact, as you said, the fact that all of this came to light because of people on social media uh, sort of keeping an eye on um, this information, looking up old information to highlight that there's been some fakery going on is quite interesting because it brought up questions also about vetting and verification and how various professional organizations and perhaps to bring it a little closer to home, even workplaces, how much do they do really to look at whether a person's claims are genuine, whether uh, he or she is in fact who um, or rather has done the things that they might have said they've done. And that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, And we want to hear from you. Have you ever encountered someone who lied about their achievements? What did you do about it? You can call 777-332-900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be speaking with Izol Ikram, who is Assistant Manager for Partnerships and Projects at Fast Jobs Malaysia. So keep it here, BFM 89.9. Behind Famous Men 
BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.13. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. And we're talking about... Um, misrepresenting your credentials. So this false comes advertising, false advertising, advertising of yourself. <clears throat> this comes, of course, um, from the uh, former Pradana fellow who has since been uh, unearthed as um, not quite having done the things he said he did. So we're asking you, have you, um, we're asking you, have you ever encountered someone who lied about their achievements? What did you do about it? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018789 tweeters at BFM Radio. Joining us now on the line is Izul Ikram, Assistant Manager for Partnerships and Projects at Fast Jobs Malaysia. Izul, good to have you with us. Hi, Shamila. Hi, Sharad. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. So what did you think um, when you heard this news of the Perdana Fellow since having been removed? Oh, since hearing the, the news, uh, it made me think a lot about, you know, how companies in Malaysia uh, conduct their uh, sort of filtering and screening of their applicants that apply for a position, whether it be for a Padana Fellow position or just a full-time job, and just how important it is that companies, you know, conduct background checks and reference checks. Now, Do you think something like this happens often in a professional setting where, you know, that somebody could actually get away with fabricating their credentials and achievements? Yeah, so uh, according to a survey by HireRight, a global background screening company, uh, they found that 85% of employers uncovered a lie or misrepresentation on a candidate's resume or job application. But this was back in 2018. So that's a pretty high number, 85% of employers Mm. Um, could you expand on that? What are some of the more ca- uh, common scams that you've heard of when it comes to workplaces uh, or even advancing in career? In terms of ev- inv- advancing in career. Uh, so, yeah, expanding on that. So another survey that we found by Career Builder, they found that 75% of employers reported having caught a lie on a resume. So that would probably be the most common. So when whenever a candidate, they are really maybe hell-bent on getting a job that they really want, and they maybe try to exaggerate their uh, credentials. Uh, That is common. And unfortunately, the only way that employers can avoid this is carrying out due diligence. Uh, So that means calling the reference checks, uh, actually screening through the CV, and not just um, believing everything that's on the page. Uh, If something seems too good to be true, most likely, oftentimes, it is. Yeah, I like the too good to be true thing. I do as, as a flag, right? But is it, uh, in your mind, are there different types of lies? I mean, are there small lies, big lies, you know, something that you as an employer might uh, brush off as unimportant, where some things are fatal to uh, the person's continued presence in the company? Uh, that, that's a great question, Sharad. Uh, so as assistant manager for partnerships and projects at uh, Fast Jobs Malaysia, we are a recruitment agency. And uh, in my position, we I oversee recruitment projects for our clients, our employers, uh, you know, to name a few, maybe Isetan, Donodonki, Chagi. Are you doing a promo so now? Sorry? Are you doing a promo? 
kind of maybe. Uh, so, but it just is to showcase that they believe. You know, they they believe in us to sort of carry out the due diligence and to make sure that you know we screen these uh, candidates that apply for their positions. But then to answer your question, uh, it there are big and small lies because when we're screening CVs, uh, a small lie might be maybe. You know, the position requires someone with two years of experience, but then they actually only have one. But then they believe that they can sort of deliver. Uh, so they still maybe they tweak the in their CV that they have two years of experience, where, where in fact that is a lie. But then, of course, there are bigger lies, such as, you know, uh, saying that, oh, I won a NASA scholarship that was only for American citizens. Uh, that would be a huge lie that you know definitely needs to be checked first before any congratulations are made. You've said background checks, you've said due diligence. How common is it really for workplaces here in Malaysia to do those kinds of background checks? It is common, uh, but then it also depends on the company and the size of the company. Uh, if, you know, the recruitment process takes a lot of time. Uh, even uh, in fast jobs, we screen thousands of CVs, thousands of applicants, and it takes time. You know, go, going through each uh, candidate, maybe uh, calling them, and so when such a process takes time, uh, if a smaller company they don't have the time to do reference checks, to do the due diligence, then there's a higher chance that you know they might hire someone that isn't truly qualified for the position that they're uh, advertising. Um, but then for the larger companies, uh, for the multinational corporations, oftentimes they have their own, they hire a uh, background screening company. Uh, in the past, I worked for a government agency where we hired a background screening company for all of our applicants, uh, regardless of their connections or their qualifications, all applicants had to go through background screening. Now, so one of the things that I guess is a kind of you know, contemporary trend is to put your resume out there in the world on spaces like LinkedIn or other social media, right? Uh, the question is, has that made or enabled the ease to fabricate an exciting life or, you know, a life of an accomplishment? Uh, how do you, uh, what do you think employers uh think about how do they deploy the kind of person's online presence in their own assessments of the individual? Another great question, Sharad. So uh, yes, the, the the online presence on LinkedIn, and even now, you know, I, I think there's a sort of standard or pressure that uh, applicants face in terms of trying to stand out from the crowd, you know, from other applicants. So oftentimes, you know, they might uh, not lie, but maybe exaggerate their accomplishments and try to make it seem more, you know, their role is more important than it actually is. Um, but then in terms of, in terms of, um, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, again, the question is, you know, whether yeah. something like LinkedIn can be relied upon. I mean, basically. Oh, yeah. So. I, I believe that employers should always take it with a grain of salt. Uh, it, it should be a, a holistic view. Uh, their online presence is just one fragment, uh, one piece of uh, you know the candidate as a whole, as a person. And so, yeah, sure, they might have a great online presence. Their personal branding might be great, but then you know they still have to consider uh, everything else during the interviews, face to face, uh, any assessments that they have to take. 
uh, it should be viewed as the candidate should be viewed as holistically as possible. So here's the thing right now, when we're applying for a new job, there is always that temptation to make your achievements seem impressive, um, you know, to want to stand out and perhaps even make it more impressive than they really are. Where's that line? That line is very subjective. I guess it depends on who you ask. Um, I think each of us, uh, you know, even in our CVs, resumes, we try to, of course, put our best foot forward. But then I think that, you know, the the true north to, to follow is if we're being truthful of like, did we actually achieve? Did we actually lead this project? Um, so I think that that's where the line should be drawn in the sand of okay um, and sort of probing candidates about uh, that and doing the background check. Because, uh, you know, sometimes the social monitoring or, or looking on LinkedIn or their social presence online can be very limiting at times. Uh, some people are very vocal, uh, others not so much. Uh, so yeah, that, that line is objective, but I think what matters is probing and asking candidates uh, about that experience further to figure out if it's something that, you know, they were massively involved in, or is it just something that they say, uh, you know, maybe as an example, um, maybe they put on the resume that they led an event, but then, you know, leading an event can have many meanings and sort of, sort of uh, asking them more about the experience of what, how exactly were they involved? Uh, what exactly did they do? Uh, you know, what did they do after the the event? Like, were they one? Were, were they the ones leading the like the post briefing, like the post mortem? And so, yeah, asking questions is always a good thing, uh, and just making sure that they are who they say they are. Yeah. So, yeah, probing, going further, right? I, I do want to ask you though. If an employee has found to have lied or falsified or to, to whatever degree, what do you think is the right course of action for employers to take? Is sacking the, the default action in any event? Another great question, Sharad. So, yeah, um, I think at Fast Jobs, we always believe in taking the humane approach. And so we believe that employers should start by assuming positive intent and to try to understand why the employee has chosen to lie. And because everyone has different motivations and intentions, so once we understand why the motivation for the lying, uh, we employers can take different sort of, sort of actions. The default doesn't have to be you know, straight firing or uh, yeah, just firing them. It could also be providing them additional training or uh, in some cases counseling or disciplinary, disciplinary action. Uh, but then it also depends on the severity of the issue of the of the incident that you know of the of their action of the lie, uh, because you know employers have their complete right to terminate the employee or to take legal action if necessary. So yeah, just to recap, it's important for employers to also document the employee's behavior and feedback so that they also protect themselves from any legal liabilities. Isol, what would you like to leave us with? Uh, yeah, just thank you so much for having me. Uh, we hope, you know, that uh, companies in Malaysia continue to carry out their due diligence and not to hire people just on the basis of what's on their resume and to, you know, make reference checks or even a, a simple Google search 
of uh, any titles that maybe someone has has received, uh, because then it would save everyone a lot of time and resources. Uh, because this is avoidable, uh, these fraud cases, these CV fraud cases. So yeah, thank you so much, uh, Shamila and Sharad. Izul, thanks for speaking with us today. That was Izul Ikram, Assistant Manager for Partnerships and Projects at Fast Jobs Malaysia, speaking to us about um, employees or potential employees who falsify or... Um, Yes, essentially that lie about their credentials or their achievements, right? And we're talking about this because of the recent case of the former Perdana fellow who has since been found uh, to have made up some of his past achievements. We want to hear from you. Have you ever encountered someone who lied about their achievements? What did you do about it? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We have a number of messages that have come in. Well, I wanted to start with this from Yahya, who says we have politicians or ministers lying about their education qualifications before. So, do it from the top. Yeah, I, I do. I do remember some uh, quite famous cases of fabrication. It does, Malaysia is not unique in this. There was a, a case of a, a German, uh, I think, minister as well, caught out with um, with a fake, uh, I think, a PhD or or his, or his PhD thesis was uh, in fact uh, plagiarized. So it happens everywhere, and I think the uh, the pressure to be impressive beyond what is normally expected of everyone, to as you put it earlier, Shamila, to kind of uh, to rise above the fray, right, to be unique is so great today. And it's in all aspects of our lives, not just our professional lives, uh, but in our private lives. So we have to be constantly happy on Facebook and we constantly have to be, I guess on Twitter, you have to be angry all the time. <laughs> or, or you have to be virtuous and you should be slaying, uh, you know, injustices across the world on a daily basis. So the pressure on us to constantly perform maybe is what uh, leads people to act badly. I do think that this has become less easy to do now because people can look up achievements so easily. Um, you can sort of, that paper trail is evident online, not for everything and not for everyone. But I do think that the ways in which you can navigate this has become more complicated. Um, let's say, I think we have time for one more. Uh, we have a TIDJ saying, Rule number one in CV or resume writing, never lie in all caps. You can exaggerate, but never lie. It's all about being technically honest. The coffee boy for a meeting, that's still involvement. Yeah, so we've had people claim, and I, you know, in the past, right, I, I worked at The Economist or, you know, I worked at the BBC. But the question was, what exactly was your job at the BBC? You know, you know, and not to put down janitors, but if you're a janitor as opposed to an intern, as opposed to whatever it is, it does make a material difference. Because um, these things perhaps deployed in casual conversation rather than on a CV where you do actually have to list the specifics. Well, so I think that the, the point about technically honest is interesting. I also think, of course, that's where something like an interview comes in helpful to say, well, oh, if you do have BBC on your CV, what did you do there? Give me an example of some of the work you've done. Um, but... Yeah, I think straight up making up things you've done that you can't verify. Uh, for instance, Izul talking about a program that isn't even open to Malaysian citizens. That is 
not technically honest at all. Uh, anyway, we will get back to this after the break. Um, send your thoughts through. Have you ever encountered someone who lied about their achievements? What did you do about it? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Keep it here, BFM eighty nine point nine. Birkins for Mama, BFM eighty nine point nine. The Business Station. It's 5.38. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. We're talking about the outcry over the former Perdana Fellow who has since um, been revealed to have made up some of his achievements. Um, former because he's no longer a Perdana Fellow. So we've been asking you, have you ever encountered someone who lied about their achievements? What did you do about it? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So we have a number of thoughts that have come in on this. So I wanted to read two messages that sort of contrast each other in terms of how workplaces can deal with something like this. So Azami says, "What the person did can be considered a crime, and he should be persecuted for fraud, past salary recovered. Don't you think so?" Azami, I'm not sure whether you can. Uh, uh, actually, I don't know what the laws are, uh, say about, say, recovery of salaries. But what happens if the fabrication just enhanced skills that were already there? So that the person could, in fact, perform their duties. It's just that they got a leg in or they got a, a one above the other candidates, right? Uh, so then you have a situation where potentially this person, yes, fabricated some details of their CV and yet performed. Well, so Shariza is saying, I once worked somewhere where my colleague never actually graduated. Uh, he joined work thinking he was going to graduate and then failed. He didn't pass, never had the time to finish, but it's been years. He's still working there. But I think his work ethic and discipline is quite good. Nobody loses. So I think this, the reason I wanted to contrast those messages is I think that there are cases in which perhaps someone slightly misrepresented themselves to join a job. Uh, but then they perform, they're doing well, the company doesn't see anything wrong with keeping them on. Um, I'm curious about how you feel about that, Sharad. Does that kind of give them a pass? Yeah. Or is that back to the little lie and the big lie? Yeah, it might be, right? Because you might say that, uh, maybe in the case that Sharisa pointed out, the person actually uh, put that down, uh, you know, that they qualified when... And it wasn't a deliberate lie. Yeah, that they were on, on their way to actually getting the qualification. But because they didn't get it, instead of backtracking and saying, I'm being honest and saying, well, I'll have to admit that I didn't, in fact, qualify, uh, they just let that sit there. So it was an act of omission rather than commission, right? Mm. Well, in some sense, right? <laughs> uh, but it's very difficult because sometimes uh, the what, what is the crime or what is the, the infringement here? You have uh, gotten ahead of the competition because of your fabrication, rather than because you don't have the skills. But if, say, for instance, uh, you claim to be an orthopedic surgeon <laughs> and you never <laughs> went to medical school, then you're... That's malpractice. Yeah, and in fact, you're endangering people's lives. Yes. So maybe there are, um, there are ways of calibrating it, because I do, I do think there are going to be purists who are going to say, well, you know, once you lie, the trust is broken, and therefore you really ought to resign. I also think that sometimes um, something like a fellowship or a scholarship is also a little bit different because there are 
a set number of awards that are handed out, it means that you've probably taken away an award that should have been given to somebody else by lying or misrepresentation. And maybe that sits a bit differently from a job, which one can argue, well, you can fire that person and then fill that position. But it's likely that for a fellowship or a scholarship, that process has already passed. So that, I think, makes people perhaps look at it a little differently. We have um, CK saying, I had a job experience, which was only three months. Do I put that in my resume and create more hassle for me to explain to my possible future employer? Definitely not. I just combine those three months working with another previous job with a similar role to make my CV look better. Yeah, so this CK is a is a tricky one because in some sense you want to leave a paper trail for your employer to understand who you are and also to in fact do the background check. So if you put, uh, you know, if you worked for somebody else for those three months and uh, they could potentially say very good things about you because three months is no indication of failure, right? I mean, it was just the nature of the work at that point. So why would you not want to do that and, and create the distinctions that help somebody? navigate uh, their sense of who you are and your accomplishments. A couple of people um, in response to have you ever encountered someone making up their achievements. Um, Liana says, I went to a conference recently and at lunch I was seated next to one of the members of the organizing committee. Uh, she was pretty young, recently graduated. So naturally I asked about her uni. Her face suddenly changed when I replied, oh my God, I went to the same uni too, but 10 years ago. As I started asking more, she just went puta balit, didn't give straight answers, including where she lived when she was there, which was strange. Nobody forgets where they live in London. Anyway, I just stopped talking about it once I felt something was off, moved on to another topic. I'm not sure if there are any liars listening, but if you're one of them, please know that you really don't have to be ashamed and lie about your past. Even if it's not something you're proud of, look at where you are now and how far you've come. Respect is earned by how you perform or act now, regardless of where you come from. Liana, I'm so glad you messaged in. And, and to your final point, I actually do think that for a lot of people, that impulse to lie or to make stuff up about um, things you've done, your credentials, does come from a feeling of not being good enough, right? So you feel like you need to fabricate something to give yourself a leg up either in terms of reputation or hireability. Um, so yeah, I think that's actually such a good point. And Liana, you know, this. I do think that a lot of people are under pressure to uh, to keep up, not just with the Joneses, mm. but you know, uh, as it were, but to keep up with everybody in social life and then professional settings. If you if you ever been in a situation where people come from uh, circumstances that are much more privileged than you, they can start to speak in ways that exclude you. They can start to speak in ways that make you feel that you are part of a different planet altogether, right? And so the need to and not just talk about your credentials and you know fake uh, where you which university you went to but also to speak in a different way right to modulate your accent and whatever it is that might disguise your own background of a lack of privilege mm. no and that i think that's actually a really good point uh, sometimes it's not as direct as making up a university it could be uh, insinuating that you come from a different background than you actually did and so on this one's funny jason says someone actually put assistant manager and ended up it was manager's assistant. Flip the words, it means very different things. Well, that's kind of creative. Did you watch um, The Office? Yes, I have watched Do you it. remember Dwight with the assistant to the manager and assistant manager? He, he was very particular about that. 
<laughs> well, so yeah, I think maybe the office, whether the British version or the American version, they all <laughs> say some. They they have some truths about the kind of politics, right, in offices, and there's and you know, and human beings, a kind of tribe, not just tribal. Where what is it? We uh, hierarchical animals. We're yes. constantly trying to um, uh, you know determine where we are in relation to other people, higher or lower, is generally the the direction you would go. So yeah, I, I can see it, but I you know I think. Liana's point earlier, which is you, do, you make that strength. If you come from a lack of privilege, turn that into a strength. I mean, it's easy, I guess, easier said than done, uh, but that's I guess the game that you should be playing mm. instead of fabrication and accommodation to those who dominate. Keep your thoughts coming. We are asking you, have you ever encountered someone who lied about their achievements uh, to get ahead professionally? What did you do about it? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.